Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome, 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 and welcome to episode 73 of the Fight Podcast. I am Serge Vicente, your host, and we have a great show for you guys today, man. Today is going to be a lot of fun, but before I go ahead and break it down, um, remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months remember follow the fight podcast on all social media platforms at the fight podcast follow me at serge vicente and support the show by checking me out on the website thefightpodcast.com subscribe listen rate share the fight podcast is now on itunes soundcloud google play spotify stitcher and every other location that podcasts live so go ahead and check us out all right so this week on episode 73, we have Brandon Camille joining us once again, boxing enthusiast, um, buddy of mine, and we had a lot of fun on this episode. We sit down and we debate everything from Triple G signing to zone, what's going to happen with Terrence Crawford, and so much more, man. Um, I hope you guys enjoy our uh, conversation. This was a lot of fun and hopefully it's something that we get to continue doing, man. So go ahead and let us know how you feel about it. But um, without further ado, here's my conversation with Brandon Camille. Yo, 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 Brandon, what's going on, man? Sergio, how you doing? Thanks for having me back, man. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yo, thank you uh, for joining me on episode 73 of the Fight Podcast. Uh, For those of us who don't know, Brandon Camille, man, uh, let everybody know a little bit about yourself, man, before we go ahead and get started. Yes, sir. My name is Brandon Camille, probably your favorite boxing (laughs) non-expert. But uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram, bcam13, that's two M's, B-C-A-M-M, one, three, and Due to feedback from the last episode, I actually started a Twitter account. Yeah. So uh, you can find me there as well. Bcam thinks that's one M B C A M thinks T H I N K S. That's what's up, man. Yo, what did the what, what did the people say, man? What 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 feedback did you get? Feedback from the last episode, I got a lot of it. Obviously, this is a little yeah. bit out of my comfort zone to do a podcast, but I had a lot of fun. The main feedback that I got was uh, slow down a little bit, so I'll be trying to go a little bit slower this episode. And uh, that was the that was the biggest feedback is just slowing down just a bit. So, gonna try to match your speed a little bit more because you do a good, real good job of that. 
Oh, hey, hey, man, I just got 70, like, five episodes under my belt, man. It takes a little time, man. <laughs> in less than a year. In yeah. less than a year. Hey, man, we're working on it, man. But, yo, thank you again, like I said, for joining us, man. And, and look, don't sell yourself short, man. Uh, I, I'm, I guarantee you, you have more boxing knowledge than half those fools that are out there talking about it and getting paid. So, uh, yeah, man, there's a reason you're here, man. So I appreciate your time, my dude. Yeah, definitely. Happy to be back. Absolutely, man. So check it out. Today, um, we're going to do something a little different. Uh, for those uh, for, for those of us listening, Brandon and I, we've already kind of sat back and talked about it a little bit. But what we're going to end up doing today is that we're pretty much going to post some questions. Um, it, it's still going to be in the exact same vein as Fight News. We're going to be talking about really current topics uh, that are going on. But in we both have our own opinions about it. And uh, we're literally going to have just a solid debate uh, about each of these topics. We might agree. We might not. We made a point not to really discuss in depth. So, you know, we surprised each other, man. So we don't know. I have no idea what Brandon's going to say. He has no idea what I'm going to say. So with that being said, brother, you ready? Oh, of course. Of course. man. Let's go ahead and jump into it, man. All right. So, um... One of the biggest fight news is, uh, news of this weekend in terms of boxing. Um, there's a huge fight supposed to be coming up with Abner Mades and Javante Davis. Unfortunately, Abner Mades had to go ahead and pull out of his fight. And now Javante Davis is going to end up fighting former junior weight feather, junior featherweight world champion Hugo Ruiz. My question is this, man, and I want to really, I want to know what you think, man, but I want to know is, do, do you think this is a good or bad thing for Devontae Davis's career? And I'm going to tell you this, me personally, I think this is the worst possible thing that could have happened for Javante <laughs> Davis's career for a couple of reasons, man. The reason I'm going to say this, and look, don't get me wrong, I think the world of Javante Davis. I think he is explosive. I think he has a lot of potential. He also has nobody, nobody on his resume. And when I say nobody, look, man, Pedroja, who is great, is you know he ended up knocking out that was his first real testing competition right but ever since then i mean really who who has he fought man so i mean let's look at this he's 20 and 0 he has 19 ko's and this is javante davis right he wants to fight the guys the top guys in the division he wants to fight the lomachenko's he wants to fight the mikey garcia's but at the end of the day he's still fighting bums he's not fighting anybody that's actually worthy of his time um i don't know man liam walsh was good but it's whatever i mean he wasn't that great abner martis is 31 and 3 he has 15 ko's and his last loss was to leo santa cruz which is no slouch leo santa cruz is an absolute monster if he beat abner martis javante davis could have finally been legitimately talked about and spoken about in that same vein we could have sit there and said yo he's ready for the lomachenkos he's ready for the mikey garcias but since he's not going to do that his career gets pushed farther and farther out and what is happening man out of sight out of mind if we're not watching him compete against the best of the best don't nobody care about javante davis and i think that's why this is pans down this has to be one of the worst things that could happen to him 
You know, I'm with you on that. However, I don't think it's out of sight, out of mind for someone as vocal on social media as Javante Davis. You know, this is how we live in 2019. So that being said, we're not going to forget about Javante Davis because he's always talking shit, which is cool. He's a boxer. Talk some shit. Um, But this is terrible for his career. Uh, I don't think it's an out of sight, out of mind thing, but he does not have the resume. And for a while there in 2017, 2018, there were clearly some promotional issues. There was some friction between him and Mayweather. I don't know exactly what was going on, but there was definitely some friction. That led to the inactivity. Javante Davis is an up-and-coming fighter. This was going to be his probably his first or one of his first main event fights. In my opinion, this fight, which I think he was going to walk through Abner Mars, I think it was going to be his his big fight to where he never fights on the undercard again. He's always going to be a main eventer from here on out. Now, with his new opponent, he's not able to do that. The guy's coming from, what, like two weight classes down. Yep. It's not a, it's not his fault. I mean, he's pr- more than likely going to knock him out, and that's what he should do within within five, probably three, in my opinion. But, I mean, it's terrible for his career, and that's due to the inactivity. If he was fighting constantly, well, then this isn't that big of a hit. You know, he'll just fight again in a few months, you know, maybe six months. But due to the inactivity, we don't know when we're going to see him again. He still doesn't have that top name in his resume. And personally, I like Javante Davis. I don't want to see him just go from this to try to fight Lomachenko. That's not a good idea. Not in my opinion. I, I want to see a gradual step up and then maybe, you know, a year or two down the line. Then you can make that Lomachenko fight. That's going to make a lot of money. It's going to make a lot of fight fans very happy. But right now with Mike Garcia moving up, I mean, you have Tevin, Far- Tevin Farmer, but I know there's going to be promotional issues there. Alberto Machado, he looked good in his last outing. I was actually at that fight. Um, but, I mean, there's there's not a lot of names down there for him to, you know, kind of just waste time. Look, I, I, I'm i with you in that regard. But um, I, I, I put it like this, man. If something doesn't happen and quickly with Javante Davis, just like what I believe is happening with, if you look at the heavyweight division and we look at Anthony Joshua, and what ends up happening is if you're not taking the fights and you're not fighting those, it's it's a game of timing. And you're right, it's not his fault. But at the end of the day, if he's not in the public eye. And here's another thing too. I think what a big concern for Javante Davis leading forward is, man, who is he hanging out with? He's over here kicking it with Adrian Broner left and right and stuff like that. And at the end of the day, Adrian Broner is not somebody who I believe you really want around you when we're talking about somebody who is a a prospect, who does have this much, you know, uh, potential. And if he's around those guys, same, those type of guys, he's not going to get to the next level. I think that if he doesn't expand his horizons, change his group, and even get a different promoter, for instance, end up going to somebody, going to DAZN, letting Eddie Hearn as much as Eddie Hearn pisses me off let him get pretty much promoted by somebody like that Lou DiBella anybody um as opposed to where he currently is right now I mean so I don't know I look at it I think it's a bad look um at the end of the day if something doesn't happen quickly for Javante Davis I, we can see this going bad man I could I could really see the, his career going down a tube quickly well- well, let's look, take a look at it this way. I think you're a bit critical of him hanging out with Adrian Bronner. That's his training partner. Like, is he going to control who Adrian Bronner trains with? They're both training with Kevin Cunningham um, down yes. in South Florida. Yes. No, well, well, look look at how we've only had one fight since um, since Javante Davis fought on the Mayweather-McGregor undercard, and he right. really didn't look good. He, he obviously knocked not the guy out, good. but he just didn't look good. He came in overweight. I think he lost his belt on a scale that fight. We've seen him fight Which he's done more once. than once. 
We've seen him fight once since then, and that's just so much inactivity. But the one time he did fight was his first fight with Kevin Cunningham, and he looked awesome. He was also around Adrian Bronner at that time. He was actually on the undercard of the Bronner uh, Vargas, J- Bronner and Jesse Vargas. Right. So he looked he looked great in his only fight with Kevin Cunningham. If he would have came out and looked great again with Abner Mars, then we're not having the conversation of who he's hanging out with. Adrian Bronner is kind of his own case. I mean, he appears to train hard. Javante Davis looks good. Kevin Cunningham has a very good reputation. Apparently, he takes no bullshit. So he's running a way tighter ship than he was in the past in terms of his training habits. I mean, I see him around guys like, you know, Errol Spence at the fights, uh, uh, the guys that are training with, um, I, f- I forget the trainer's name again. Yeah. I know you're talking Who's about Who's Errol Spence's trainer? Bro, I, I, as soon as you say, uh, Kevin Gates or something like that, it's, no. uh, nah, Kevin Gates is a rapper. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I forget, man. I, we, we, I know we like, I feel like we had to bring it up all the we time. Had, we, we had this conversation last time. Um, but look, one thing my mom used to always tell me, my grandmother used to tell me growing this growing up. She said in Spanish. Derek James. Derek James. Derek James. She used to tell me, show me who you walk with and I'll show you who you are. She said in Spanish in some old school, cryptic, Latina grandmother type of way. And you know what, man? That That's what I see when I see Buddy. He has not done enough, in my opinion, in terms of how he has performed in the ring. Also, what he has done and what he is doing outside of the cage, outside of the ring. So he can prove me wrong. He's still young. He's super young. He has a lot of upside. But I think a lot is still going to tell us how he performs this upcoming fight. He can change my mind completely if he goes out here and just starches this dude. And look, Hugo Ruiz is, yes, he's a smaller dude. Yes, all the other things. But he's a tough guy. And we'll see how this ends. And he's one of those guys that sucks to end up going in last minute against. He's a tough guy, but yes, he's a lighter guy. He fights a little bit flat footies because he's used to being a taller, lankier guy Mm -hmm. against some of those smaller guys. He'll probably be still the taller, lankier guy, but standing flat footed against Javante Davis, probably not a good idea. Who's, you know, volunteering to take those body shots? We'll see this. We'll see this weekend. Javante Davis will knock him out in five. That's my prediction. All right. Um, Look, you know, it's funny. I I can't stunt. I'm not going to discount that. I think five actually sounds right but uh hey <laughs> we'll see what ends up happening man but all right I, I just, I just, before we move on i, I yeah, just yeah. i don't think I, I don't think we should hold who he's hanging out with against him just yet because in the past couple of years when he has been hanging out with those guys because he wasn't hanging out with them in my opinion prior to the uh, the mcgregor mayweather card right. that happened after and since in the only fight we've seen him since that card he's looked really good but i, I definitely understand what you're saying he does have sort of an entitled aura like your resume is shit. Um, and it's not all dude, It's not all his fault. It's not all his fault. Um, there are a lot of potential matchups for him in the future. And uh, I just hope that he... I think my hope is that he's just around a good, good enough group of guys that are going to pretty much continue helping his development and his growth. He can either be a, an all-time great... Or he's going to end up being just another guy that we talked about who was good at one point in time back then. He he can be either either or. We can end up talking like, about him like we do talk, how we talk about Prince Nassim. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's, it's not a bad guy to be named with, though. I mean, it's not. But we don't confuse him with like an all-time great. We talk about him like, yo, he was dope at the time. 
That's it's, true. You know what I mean? Flavor so, of the week. Exactly. Exactly, man. So we'll see what ends up happening with him, man. But yo, moving on to somebody who I actually believe is going to be an all-time great. All right? So uh, next one we talk about, man, Terrence Crawford. Go. He's finally been talking. And one thing about Terrence Crawford, originally I think he was a quiet guy. And I think that's why he wasn't getting a lot of pub. Recently, he's been doing a much better job talking on IG Live, talking on just all of it. having interviews, all kind of stuff. Some promotional I, advice, <laughs> I, right? And I think the ESPN someone gave him some advice. Something. Yeah, absolutely. I, but I, but you know what? He ta- he he talks with the best of him, and I appreciate it. And it's good to finally start seeing his personality coming out. But Terrence Crawford actually was on IG Live recently, and he responded to Keith Thurman. Keith Thurman after his win this week, and I actually want to get your thoughts about that in a moment. But. Um, he goes on there and he says that he has fought way tougher opponents than any of the other welterweight champions right now. That's better than Errol Spence Jr. That's better than Keith Thurman. It's better than anybody else out there. Does Terrence Crawford actually have a point? And who does he match up with better? Keith Thurman or Errol Spence Jr., man? What, what, what do you have? What do you think? Well, so first things first, does he have a point? No. Um, he has not fought anybody as good as Kell Brook. Um, I think the fact that Sean Porter has matched up with Danny Garcia, you know, even those are higher uh, tier fighters than who's been on uh, Terrence Crawford's resume. I think the best fighter he's fought the best fighter he's fought, I think, is Jose Benavides, and I just don't think Jose Benavides has gotten his shot as of yet. Okay. Um, I think I think it's one of those situations like Pedraza with, with Gervonta Davis. Mm-hmm. Pedraza was not much at the time, but in his performances, knocking uh, knocking out Beltran, and he held his own against Lomachenko, which most people Man, haven't been. Beltran was a two-time champ at that point in time. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. he was still somebody. You know, that was like the first big test in Davis's game. But I feel what you're saying. But well, yeah, so. n- n- not, not Beltran for, for, for Pedraza. Oh, this okay. Was, this was after he got knocked out by Davis. Right. So he then went. He then went on to. I think he knocked out or beat uh, the late knockout or beat him by decision, mm-hmm. uh, Beltran, and then he held his own against Lomachenko. So now that that knockout on Javante Davis' resume starts to look a little bit better. Right. I think that's what we're going to get with Terrence Crawford versus Jose Benavides. Mm-hmm. Jose Benavides did not have much of a resume going into that fight. However, I think he is a good fighter. I really do. Outside of the mobility thing, which is not his fault, he was shot. He in got knee. shot. In the leg, <laughs> but I I think that that win is going to age well for Terrence Crawford. That being said, a lot of the guys he's fought have not aged well. Look at Ndongo, like that win is not going to age well. We're not going to remember him, and that was a fight that made him un- undisputed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he. he the, the guy who hurt him a little bit earlier in his career, it's it's eluding me, Puerto Rican, Puerto Rican guy, Gam, Gamboa. Mm-hmm. He had hurt he had hurt Terrence Crawford. But even that fight, Gamboa never became much. So, I mean, yeah, some got, of the guys... He got that, alive by Loma. Absolutely. And so some of the guys that were supposed to be uh, a little bit better that are actually on uh, Terrence Crawford's resume, they just didn't pan out. So those wins don't hold as much weight as they probably should. That being said... I think some of the other welterweights do have more impressive records than him. I think a lot of them do. Keith Thurman has a more impressive record a resume than him. Errol Spence has a more uh, more impressive resume than him. But I think Errol Spence is probably closer to, you know, uh, Terrence Crawford's resume than the rest of them. Sean Porter, Danny Garcia, all of those guys have impressive wins. Terrence Crawford, he's we've never seen him with any real ad- adversity aside from that Gamboa fight, and that was just him being lazy because he was in total control. Mm-hmm. Now so, let, let me let me ask you this, because. I'm going to disagree with you slightly. 
All right. Okay. And and, and here's the, here's the reason. If you look at Terrence Crawford's record, right? He's 34 and no. He has 25 knockouts. Four out of his last six opponents, right, have been against undefeated champions. We just like the same argument that I'm, I could always make with Floyd Mayweather. You cannot be mad at people for who they fight when they fight them. When they fight them, they're badasses. And Dangu at the time, like you said, killer. He's still a killer. He's had another loss since then. But he, at the end of the day, that loss, that knockout, could, that next knockout that he had was probably because he took the fight too soon afterwards and didn't have enough time to properly heal up. We could literally say that. And we could look at Terrence Crawford and say, yo. Maybe we both agree had, that Progray is a, uh, a monster as well. Monster. Complete utter just monster we know that much you know what i'm saying and i'm still working on that come on regis be on the show uh <laughs> um, but then again we look at that um check this out again four out of his last six opponents have been undefeated champions and he ko'd all of them undefeated champions people who have belts he goes up there we're talking about you know jeff horn and dangu benavides all those guys ended up getting getting you know put put down which i appreciate now that's why i say i can argue the fact that i think that terrence's crawford record is just a i can put it up there i can hold it up there right especially with look at errol spence I love Errol Spence. And me personally, out of the three of them, I personally believe Errol Spence is the best one. And I think he matches up better than anybody else with Terrence Crawford, okay? Um, but Terrence, Errol Spence, 24-0, 21 knockouts. 5-5 five and five against champions or former champs in his last, like I said, he's f- five fights, right? He's knocked all them out also. We're talking about Lamont Peterson, Chris Algieri, Bundy, and Kell Brook, right? All those dudes are nasty. But if we look uh, at, for are, instance... Are they, though? Are they, though? Like Kell Brook is nasty. Lamont Peterson... Yeah. It, I don't hear anybody him. says Lamont Peterson is a grizzled, tough veteran, and he's always going to be hard for anybody to get out. Chris no Al- one will argue with you. Yeah, so Chris Algieri, that's the one I can say, eh, it's Chris Algieri, you know? He's, he's, he's a better nutritionist now than anything else. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then here's the thing. Bundy, right? That was the, that is the only one that he and Keith Thurman actually have as a common opponent. All right. Um, so the the thing about that is that Bundy that he got his first loss against Keith Thurman, and that was a unanimous decision loss. Right. He got put to sleep by Errol Spence Jr. And he is yet to come back. All right. Um, and then here's the thing. Keith Thurman, I argue that, honestly, Keith Thurman, out of all of them, has the least impressive resume out of all of them, even though he might have the bigger looking names on there. You, now, you, you said Boondy. Were you talking about Hank Lundy? No, 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 no. Boondy. Uh, um, what's his name? B U N Boondus. Boondus is uh I didn't put out his first name, but uh dude 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 is a solid. He only has two L's on his record, and those only L's are Keith Thurman and Errol Spencer Jr. Those okay. are so I mean dude was a champ. He was nasty, um, but he was he's a, a French champion. Okay. Yeah. Um, but again, I'll say here's the thing. I look at the fights against um, Sean Porter and Danny Garcia. Arguably, those both could have gone the other way. 
I definitely look at the Danny Garcia fight and I thought Danny Garcia did enough to win that fight. So when you look at that, Luis Colazzo is at the end of his career. Already been defeated, already been beat up. Robert Guerrero, too slow, too old in his career already. So you look at all of those guys. He really doesn't like... I already I, I I take Keith Thurman off that list. So when I look at his uh, Terrence Crawford's resume against Errol Spence, they both have two legitimate solid guys that they've been against. So I can't sit there and, and be mad at him for actually pretty much saying, "Hey, I, I I got the best resume out of all of them." I understand it. He could actually make a claim for that. Yeah, I I think some fighters just are out here sounding delusional. As we spoke about Adrian Bronner last week, thinking that he beat up Manny Pacquiao. Delusional. delusional. That's that's just delusional. Now, Terrence Crawford, although I don't agree with him, I don't mind him saying that. You know, he wants to promote himself as a fighter, engage with the fans, put some, you know, get some hype around his name. So you can he can say stuff like that. I don't agree with him. Maybe a little bit better than than Keith Thurman. I don't know about Errol Spence, but I mean, he doesn't have any significant wins to me. He really does, hasn't been faced with too much adversity. Jeff Horn, come on now, come on. I, I, now. I feel Jeff. you. I, I feel you. I look. I understand. I understand. But but I will say but, this. But you, you said it before. He can't help who he's fighting when he fights them and and with the what he the way he puts them away is impressive to me now if we're looking at and again one the, the second part of the question was you know how does terrence crawford match up against the other two 100 percent, he wants to fight keith thurman before he fights arrow spence okay well l- l- before before we get there let's talk about keith thurman who, yes. who doesn't want to fight keith thurman right now Oh, dude, I'll fight Keith Thurman right now. Everybody wants a piece of that action, man. Everybody yeah. wants to smoke. Um, what did you think about the fight this week, man? This past week. Oh, so man. He ended up I, getting I, a decision I, win against Josecito Lopez, where throughout the fight, it was a much closer fight than I think a lot of people anticipated. Uh, I broke it down a little bit in episode 71, I believe it was, or 70, one of them, one of them, or 71, I believe. But, um, Josecito Lopez showed that if you pretty much stay consistent and you take the early barrage, you might be able to get him up out of there. And that's the same thing that Danny Garcia did, and that's the same thing that Sean Porter did. So at the end of the day, what did you think, man? I have a lot of thoughts on this on this fight. Um, it was not a good night for Keith Thurman. Keith Thurman did uh, put him down in the second. He got mm-hmm. back up, and um, Lopez hurt him bad in the seventh. Oh man, he hurt him bad in the seventh. And uh, I mean, you'll see the memes on. Uh, it's actually a beautiful meme uh, going around <laughs> on Instagram because you have you have the you have the punch, and Keith Thurman kind of gives this awkward look. It's kind of like his eyes are, are rolling back for like a quick second, then he kind of gets his wits about him. He's looking at um, Josecito Lopez. In the background, you see our best friend Steve Willis making his <laughs> making his awesome faces. And I actually said before the fight, I said, "Oh wow, Steve Willis is a referee. We're gonna get a new meme." That's oh, literally absolutely. on my on my Twitter before the fight, and they gave us exact, exactly that. But um, Keith Thurman, one time, how many times did he hit? Uh, Lopez clean a lot a lot and Lopez went nowhere Lopez was actually walking forward if Keith Thurman is not going to have that one time power because of the elbow injury or because of age because of inactivity what's going to stop Errol Spence from walking forward what's going to stop what's going to stop anyone from walking forward if you can't get Josecito Lopez up out of there that's a problem for me it's a problem it's it's a huge problem the the chin that's an issue that now it's starting it's starting to be more of an issue before it was oh he's been hurt a few times now to me and i didn't i haven't seen many other people saying this you have chin issues 
You be, you got you got hurt by uh, the the gentleman that you were speaking about before to the body. He did. Um, there was an, an, another guy that uh that clipped him, hurt him early in the fight. Hey and man, uh, he Danny hurt him during the fight. Yeah, I mean, and he's always survived, and his legs look good in this fight. That seventh round, he got hurt early on. He got on his bike, and he really used his bike a little bit too much for the rest of the fight. You shouldn't be running away from Josecito Lopez. You should be getting him out of there. That's what he's there for. Now, on the other side of things, Josecito Lopez, maybe he didn't show up expecting to lose. It's his first fight with Robert Garcia. So maybe that did a little something for him. He put a lot of pressure on him, especially late, later in the fight. He wasn't winning a lot of rounds, but, I mean, he was he – was, applying effective pressure but Keith Thurman that power that chin those are two glaring issues like if, if Keith Thurman doesn't have that power yes he still has some hand speed and he's still going to have good legs but that's an issue someone like Errol Spence he's going to cut the ring off and just walk you down he's not Josecito Lopez these guys are not Josecito Lopez personally um, I know this is not uh, a topic and this is I don't want to go off into another uh, dimension but I think the best the best uh, option for him next is Manny Pacquiao I, the, and, and honestly we heard him after the fight that's who he would actually prefer and yes. I think he understands that at this point in time in his career I'm with you I think at this point in time in his career he understands that he might not want those dogs anymore he might not be ready. I think he might want to get one more big payday and get up out of there. But let me tell you something. If he fights Manny Pacquiao like he fought Josecito Lopez, Manny Pacquiao will get him up out of there. Oh, he's and, gone. And, and, and I'm going to be very honest with you. Uh, two years ago, Keith Thurman, when he went out, was at the top of the division. He was somebody that I never really embraced at the top of the division. I don't know if it was the hair. I don't know if it was, you know, his demeanor. I don't care. But at the end of the day, I've never believed in one time that way. And I'm going to be honest with you. If I look at Thurman, Spence, even Pacquiao, even if he fights Danny Garcia again, I have him at the bottom of the totem pole in, the, in that regard in this division. He will not be the same guy. And if he fights any of those guys, not only does he lose, he gets KO'd. Errol Spence gets him up out of there within eight rounds, and so does Terrence Crawford. They put him, they get him out of there. Terrence Crawford um, matches up really well with Keith Thurman because Keith Thurman, one time, is as well as he moves and everything, he is he gets hit. He allows himself to get hit, and he gets caught in the middle of exchanges. Errol Spence keeps his defense too tight to actually get blasted with careless shots. Keith Thurman gets gets reckless from time to time. I heard Danny Garcia break down the fight, and one thing he was saying is that Keith Thurman was getting hit with a lot of punches that he doesn't typically get hit with. That was probably due to the inactivity, and we can probably expect him to look a little bit better the, uh, better in his next fight. So uh, I don't want to be too critical of him, but he looked bad. He was supposed to get Josecito Lopez out of there in like seven, eight. You know, get get some rounds in. He went after him a little bit more than I expected him to in the mm-hmm. second because I thought he wanted rounds, um, but I expected him to get him get him up out of there in seven, eight. Seventh round comes and. Hosea Lopez almost look, got you out of there. He didn't even he, look like he had the gas tank anymore. He he didn't throw punches for so long. I was I was scared they might might stop the fight. I was really in shock. But if you compare that to the other fighters in the division, the, the division, like you were saying, 
everybody gets them up out of there until you start getting down to the Danny Garcia's and Sean Porter's of the world. That's when you start talking about uh, competitive fights. But everybody, if you talk about Manny, Spence, Crawford, they're all going to get them up out of there. And uh, I, I mean, if I'm anybody in the division right now, I want to fight Keith Thurman. But Keith Thurman probably has two options in front of him. Sean, and, and they're both easy to make in terms of uh, promotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Porter, try and get uh, try and get that belt back. Because uh, he once held the belt that Sean Porter has, correct? Yes. Yep. And he he uh, he relinquished that belt yep. while he was on the shelf. Yep. And Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao is going to have way more money. It's to me, it's a way bigger risk because I just think Manny Pacquiao gets gets him up out of there, and I don't yeah. think it's all that hard of a fight for Pacquiao. I I, I couldn't agree with you more, man. Um, all right, uh, moving moving on, man. We're we're gonna keep with some of these big matchups, um, and let's let's go ahead with a, with a fan favorite, man. So Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury put up one of the best heavyweight title fights in heavyweight history. I don't care what anybody says. It was an incredible fight. Um, but with Wilder and Fury, seems like they're tied up right now it seems like they're inevitably going to run into each other once again um anthony joshua seems like he now the the golden child of the division the face of boxing for the longest point of time seems like he actually might be the odd man out now eddie hearn is his uh his promoter is actually talking about him possibly fighting jerrell miller seems like there might be a contract out there already or they're gonna have him fight dylan wyatt somebody who he has already beaten in the past but is kind of on a tear ever since that loss um me personally i think the best bet for anthony joshua because they have done in my opinion an awful job of handling him into with the deontay wilder and tyson fury the his promoters have made him seem like an absolute punk he looks like he is scared he looks like he wants absolutely no smoke and that's what he looks like out there and now this is how they can make it back this is how they can get him a little street cred and this is how they could actually make him a face in the american market have him go out there fight jerrell miller he fights jerrell miller at madison square garden which they've already talked about in my opinion, that is a far better option for him. You introduce him to American market, it's a different opponent. If you fight um, somebody that he's already knocked out in Dylan Wyatt, man, it looks like weak sauce again. It looks like he's a punk-ass dude who doesn't want to fight anybody that's actually going to challenge him. Not only can, um, uh, what's it called, uh, Jarrell Miller, Big Baby, not only can Big Baby actually give him a good fight, Dre Miller might legitimately knock him out. So I think it is a hey, I think Jerome Miller is a tough. I see the face you're making, and I don't care. Jerome uh-huh. Miller is so much better than I think people think. As big as he is, he has incredibly fast hands. He has great feet. He can take a good shot. And one thing that Anthony Joshua does not do is Anthony Joshua has zero head movement. No head movement. You have somebody like Anthony Jester, no head movement, and then you're going to give, um, uh, what's it called? Big Baby, an opportunity in his backyard in New York. I think it's a win-win for both guys. You get Anthony Joshua finally making his way into the American market. And then you have Jerome Miller, somebody that at the end of the day, if he actually wins, now you have another big heavyweight that you can promote. So that's why, again, I would personally, for as a selfish fan, I'm going with Jarrell Miller. Okay. So 
Anthony Joshua has lost a little bit of his luster. Um, he didn't look amazing he in his last in, in his last in his he last few garbage. fights. He, he, I mean, he he knocked out Pavetkin, but I mean, no one gave him much credit for that. Uh, which I mean, to me, that was still an impressive knockout. Pavetkin's not a terrible heavyweight by any extent of the imagination. But Pavetkin also was doing work. The Pavetkin looked like at a couple points in time looked like he might have been able to get Anthony Joshua out of there. I, I he did some work, but I don't ever think Anthony Joshua was was in real danger. Now. This being said, um, I am a New York guy. Of course, I'm going to like Jarrell Miller. I went to the Danny Jacobs last fight, and okay. I actually got to meet Jarrell Miller. Jarrell Miller, he was oddly just so calm. I mean, I don't know if you follow him on Instagram. Absolutely. He's always Absolutely. I love su- that dude. S- super wild, talking crazy shit. Uh, he was super calm, super chill. Took a picture with me. Really, really, really nice guy. Shout out to Jarrell Miller. Now, big up, Jarrell. Jarrell Miller. This is the heavyweight division. You have to bring more punching power to the table. Now, Jarrell Miller is a big guy. He He's not that tall. He doesn't have the reach. But he's known as a high-activity guy. That bodes well for him in a fight against Joshua. But his, he doesn't have that long reach. So you're going to be right in there in the danger zone for 12 rounds with Anthony Joshua and expect him not to land? Yes, he has a good chin. But has Anthony Joshua landed one of those uppercuts on him? I'm not sure. But just for me in the heavyweight division, if you don't have a certain level of power, with the exception of Tyson Fury, who somehow gets through these fights, and that's a whole different topic. But if you don't have a certain level of power, I mean, you're not bringing the risk to these to these guys. Now, I mean, 300 pounds, 250 pounds on anybody's chin, they are going to sleep. So Jarrell Miller, I'm sure he has a, uh, the the power if he lands the right shot to knock Anthony Joshua out. This is boxing. But I just don't think there's a lot of risk there. But it's an appealing fight. He does that fight has to happen in New York. It doesn't fight it doesn't happen anywhere else. Um, he gets to build himself in the US. The US is big on Wilder right now. We're looking at Anthony Joshua like, okay, well why haven't you fought Wilder? And that's just the casual boxing fans who don't who haven't been following the backstory. That all being said, Dylan White, he's been on a tear. He's been on a tear. Oh, that left hook. It looks that nasty. Na- oh, that knocked out Chisora. Oh, man. Oh, that was good. That was great. Look, I, I, I like Dylan White. I, I really do. I, I, I think Dylan White is, is a heavy-handed, versatile heavyweight. But how are we going to say Jerome? Everyone says Jerome Miller doesn't have power, but his record is 23-0 with 20 knockouts. 23 and 0 with 20 knockouts. How is how do we keep saying he doesn't have power? Who's on his record? Just because it I and look, now that that I will that I could admit. <laughs> his his record is a little light. You go down the list and he doesn't have anybody any of the names like a um like a Dylan Wyatt. He doesn't have anybody like that. But think about this. Heavyweight boxing. There are only a handful of guys out there. And just like we were talking about with Terrence Crawford, there's 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 six good ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's six good ones, and you can't have them all fight each other all at once. So, yeah. look, maybe he hasn't fight, and maybe this against Anthony Joshua will actually give him that look to say, look, I'm legitimately here. I'm one of these guys. Because let's say even if he does lose against Anthony Joshua, but maybe he puts him down one time. Maybe he has Anthony Joshua in trouble. Maybe it's just a great epic fight. His stock goes up regardless. His stock goes up as long as he doesn't just get touched up and put down within six rounds 
And I'm, I'm scared that could happen. I don't know because I just haven't seen Terrell Miller in that step-up fight. Um, dude, back to your question, mm-hmm. I was uh, I was kind of on, on my Dylan White rant because I'm a big fan <laughs> of Dylan White right now. I think he's improved a lot since that Anthony Joshua fight. And I think of the two opponents, he's the actual opponent that presents a real risk. I do think that he touched up Anthony Joshua in that first, first fight. And it wasn't as visible as some of the other times that Joshua has been hurt. But I do think Dylan White hurt him in that first fight. Yeah. Um, so I think Dylan White hurt hurt him and obviously Anthony Joshua ended up getting him out of there but it was a good competitive fight mm-hmm. I think Dylan White just pre- presents the risk that Jarrell Miller does not present so from a reputation standpoint if you're looking to say I'm still that guy in the heavyweight divisions I'm taking on the best competition that's available for me at the time then you have to take the Dylan White fight that's the fight you have to take if you're looking to say from a promotional standpoint I can fight Jarrell Miller it's a lot less risk I get the exposure to the U.S. market if that's the route you want the route you want to go then hey I, I can't necessarily say that I'm going to fault him there but with all that considered I think he's going to go go towards white white has played from the news that I've been following mm-hmm. white has been playing hardball in negotiations and coming in on the hot streak that he is I think rightfully so because I think that he understands um, I think that white is on my side of the fence his promotional team is more of my uh, my way of thinking where he believes that if he doesn't fight Dylan white it's going to be another like hey Wait, it seems like he's avoiding it's a enough, lot of top competition. It, it looks like you avoided him yep. when he's the guy that earned his rematch. So, I mean, it, it, either way, I he's mean, a, he's the man, one of the mandatories right now, isn't he? I believe so. I, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure at all. Hey, look, but um, I wouldn't be surprised. He's, An- he just looks so good. He, if that- Anthony Joshua thinks he's that bad, and they really want him to get to give him a uh, a challenge, forget. Forget Dylan Wyatt. Oh, I know where you're going. Forget Jerome Miller. You know what I want to say. Give him Luis Ortiz. Yeah, King Kong. Give him Luis Ortiz. Give him King Kong. If they think he's that badass, give him King Kong. Because I'm going to be honest with you. King Kong puts Anthony Joshua away. You know, don't nobody, don't nobody want to fight Lewis Ortiz. Man, hell, except, <laughs> and, no, not at all. Nobody and and that's why I hold Deontay Wilder as high as I do. I think yeah. people do not give Deontay Wilder credit. He fights the he has fought, in my personal opinion, the two best heavyweights of his era. He's gone out there and done that, and he has done very well against them. Yeah, um, that Lewis Ortiz fight. I mean, due to multiple uh, multiple circumstances that were out of his control, most of the time it was performance enhancing drugs. But a lot of Deontay Wilder's fight going towards that Lewis Ortiz fight just hadn't been able to happen, including a prior uh, previously scheduled fight with Lewis Ortiz. Mm-hmm. Now, Beckham, that fight another was, one. I've, I've thought very highly of Lewis Ortiz since he knocked out um, the guys, the guy slipped me, the guy out of Philly. He fought uh, one of the Klitschko brothers at, at, at some point. He's still boxing. Oh. He actually just got knocked out within the past few weeks. I don't know why I'm, I'm forgetting his, his name right now, but I can see his face. But um, yeah, so I've, I've thought pretty highly of Luis Ortiz ever since he knocked him him out and nobody wants to fight him. But I mean, you could say the same for, I mean, I guess Jarrell Miller and Dylan White, their eyes are probably glossed over at a payday with Anthony Joshua and I cannot blame them. But hey, if you want to say you're fighting the best, why are you guys not lying? up to fight Lewis Ortiz. 
Why, because why nobody wants that smoke. That's why. Nobody wants to smoke with King Kong. That nasty Cuban boxing is ridiculous, man. But check it out. Speaking I need of his social media pass- passwords, because like he needs to insert himself in something. Bro, of this. He's his social quiet. media page and he's is old to be that quiet. Like you don't have the, the time that everybody else has. Fam, his social media page is ran by like his manager, which is like some old Cuban dude. Somebody else needs to uh to, to take care of his page, man. Have him out there beating people up and sparring or something man i don't get give me that password i'm calling everybody out (laughs) straight up and he needs to but speaking to people who not calling people out and kind of being quiet recently um and speaking of the zone because eddie hearn as much as he irritates me what he has done with uh anthony joshua yo he's making money moves over there and everybody who goes to the zone is getting a bag the newest person seeming like they're about to get a bag with the zone is triple g gennady golufkin Seems like he is about to sign a two-fight deal worth $38 million uh, with DAZN. My question is this. Do we believe that with DAZN, first of all, was that the right move? Should he have gone to DAZN as opposed to ESPN or um, or uh, Showtime and Fox with Premiere? So I think the deal was $20 million. Um, I think it was 10 guaranteed worth up to 20 million. I, I don't remember the exact figures, but um, I think we spoke about this last week. It's definitely the right move. Where else is he going to go? Um, he's going to look really bad if he went anywhere else aside from the zone. And the fact that it's just a two fight deal tells me that both of those fights could be significant. If it was maybe a three to four fight deals mm-hmm. uh, deal, then I think maybe there's some type of, you know, a walkover fight uh, to a certain extent. But without that, the two fight deal, I think Andre uh, and then he chases a rematch with Canelo. And then well, that's what it seems you know, like. Uh, what, if that happens and you do have he gets because if they, they do think that they want him to get the winner regardless on who wins they want him to have the winner of Danny Jacobs versus uh, Canelo in September that's what they want to happen if he fights Andre first and I'm going to be honest with you because really what I want to know is I will say this I think that honestly man zone got a steal 20 million dollars between 28 and 40 million dollars for two fights whatever it is for somebody the caliber of triple g i have to say they got a steal right strategic they just have everybody in his division he has nowhere else to go unless i'm sure he could have made a bag with uh espn i'm sure they were after him i'm sure pbc was after him but what can you do all or, of your real competition is with the zone and i think jamal charlo is going to end up being put in a very similar situation and if they get jamal charlo then they get jamal charlo because that's just how things that's go. just how it goes um well if he went ahead and went with premiere for instance he would have had the opportunity to go ahead and fight uh jamal charlo if he decided to go ahead and do that I don't think that stylistically, not saying that he can't win, but I don't think stylistically that's a good matchup. I think he had to look at it and say, look, I match up well with um, with the boys over at the zone. I've already I feel like I've beaten Canelo enough. I think I, I feel like I've beaten him twice. I feel like I've beaten Danny Jacobs once. Me personally, I thought Danny Jacobs won that fight. That's just my personal opinion. Um I think he feels like he can walk through Andre. I think he looked at it and he looked at the looked at the pretty much this out the outlook and said, "Hey, I like my chances going through Andre than having to go through Charlo." 
I, th- I think that's how he could pretty much balance it out. Otherwise, why else would you go over there? I mean, yes, there's the competition. He's 38 years old. Does he really believe he's going to actually do well against guys who in really have already beaten him? And I believe the the WBO or the WBC, I can't remember who it was. Actually, they've ordered that fight with Jamal Charlo and Triple G. So he don't I mean, want it's that gonna, smoke. It's going to be difficult to make now. And I think from a promotional standpoint, Eddie Hearn is definitely going to use his, his own cards to make try to push Andre instead of the Jamal Charlo fight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Triple G, he's at a, he's at a, an interesting point in his career. Like we don't know what he has left. And listening to Abel Sanchez do an interview this week. It was an interesting tone. This this was the interview I, I read about, and it was the day before the news came out about Triple G signing with his own. And Abel's, the tone he had seemed a little bit like Triple G is really starting to look at retirement. Mm-hmm. And I think once fighters get that thought in their head, they start to see the light it's at the end good. of the tunnel. It is never good. And hopefully Triple G is still Triple, triple G in it. But, I mean, there is a part of me that's scared that we've seen it, like – the Triple G, the monster, even the monster that we saw in September against Canelo, there's a part of me that's scared that maybe we never get to see that again. Now, who knows? Um, you know, this is all speculation. He does have a, a few options in front of him in terms of his next fight or when he's even going to fight again. But if he looks to set himself up for a rematch with Canelo in September, then he has to get active within the first half of this year. So we'll see pretty soon. Cause that's, we'll find out. Yeah, because he... If he's signed, then he probably has a fight announcement coming soon. They have to. I, I think if that's the case, I'm going to put it like this. Within, by the end, by the middle of February, we'll find out. By the middle of I February, agree. we'll find out what's going to happen with him. All right. Uh, either way, look, man, I mean, look, great fight and great matchups. Uh, I think we've been saying this a lot. I think boxing is, hasn't been this good in a very long time. There's just a lot of great fighters from all over the place. I think to a certain extent, the Klitschko brothers, they kind of ruin the heavyweight divi- division. And, every, and a lot of people share that division. They're very talented fighters. They just had a boring fighting style. Mm-hmm. But at the same token, Mayweather, he did a lot. As And I'm a huge, huge Mayweather fan. I mean, outside of the ring, I, I, he's on his own. But inside, inside the squared circle, that man can do no wrong. Now, that being said, him guarding his O and just building his entire brand around that O and then raking in the paydays that he was able to rake in, he made this O like it, it was almost like a mythical thing where in boxing everybody doesn't have to have that oh you can take a few losses and still be great so now that we're starting to transition hopefully right out of, out of the out of the mayweather era there's a lot of good fighters and fights are being made and i think that's important like you can only guard that oh for so long you're gonna take a loss but can you come back back from it you need to be able to come back from it so i'm happy that uh, we're, we're transitioning out of that era and these fights are actually starting to be made and not everybody is so worried about that oh because that room to me that that was hurting boxing yeah look man uh all in all I think it's going to be a good look. Um, I can't wait to see what happens in the future. And I'm be honest with you, the zone is and has been taking over boxing, man. They're um, what they're doing. I mean, they have Usyk. They have so many great guys on their roster right now. It, it, it's incredible, man. So salute to everybody involved there. Um, real quick, talking about other dope-ass fighters um, and people who have great fights coming up. Um, I want to talk about Mikey Garcia a little bit. Um, Robert, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned I will, I will be at that fight. Yeah? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for it. I'm so excited for it. Yo, it is 
I think it's it's going to be one of the most entertaining fights of the year. Um, but I'll tell you why I think it's going to be entertaining. It might just be a one-sided ass whooping, but we'll find out. Um, uh, real quick, Robert Garcia, uh, the head coach of Mikey Garcia, his older brother, in a recent interview on FightHype.com, says that Mikey Garcia is so confident and that he's going to he feels that he's going to go ahead and stop Errol Spence Jr. Do you believe Robert Garcia, or is he doing what most trainers do? Is he just trying to go ahead and sell this fight? Do I believe Robert Garcia, or does Robert Garcia believe Robert Garcia? Does Robert Garcia believe Robert Garcia? Robert Garcia does believe Robert Garcia, uh. and Robert Garcia is also promoting the fight. Uh, Robert Garcia, you probably could make the same amount of money that he's making to fight Spence that he would have made staying at 135 and maybe fighting a Lomachenko. Um, but he saw something in Spence. He saw some, he's seen something for a while. And he said, hey, I think I can get that fight. He, he took the time, put it on the weight, put it on properly. Um, allegedly, I'm sure he did. Uh, he, he's a hard worker. But uh, he put the weight on. He put the, put the weight on the right way. I mean, it, it may be a, a tall order. And he, he could lose the fight. But, I mean, when you look back, Manny Pacquiao, Oscar De La Hoya, I mean, Manny Pacquiao was supposed to get killed. Oscar De La Hoya was just too big. He had too much size. Now, when you look at where he was in his career, exactly that that that, that you, you can't make. That's not a good comparison with it, that. It, just because, I mean, just because listen, of the age. If you listen to the buildup to that fight, everybody thought Manny Pacquiao was crazy and that he was going to get killed because I believe he was moving up two weight classes to fight Oscar De La Hoya. Mm-hmm. Now it's a it's a bit different because Oscar De La Hoya was past his prime. And you're talking about Errol Spence, a dog who is in his prime absolute dog so i mean it, it, it the circumstances are a bit different um i do give probably mike garcia a little bit of edge in boxing iq but not enough to to make up for everything else that errol spence is going to be bringing to the table but i think they believe it they believe that and i'm not saying it can't happen nothing is impossible we know boxing is the theater of the unpredictable um I, I think they believe it. I think they're promoting the fight. I don't know if they'll win the fight. I don't think they will win the fight, but they definitely, in their camp, they truly believe that they are going to stop Errol Spence. Okay, so I, I, I look, I, I feel you. I, I think that they are at home. There are certain things that they're looking at and they're like, man, we can win this fight. But I think more than anything else, I, I think this is 100% Robert Garcia doing what Robert Garcia does. Robert Garcia does this every fight, no matter who his who his his per, whoever he's training. He per he thought Robert Guerrero was gonna beat Floyd Mayweather. He you know what I'm saying whoever he's going behind, he 100% he's gonna go ahead and get into this shot. So me personally, I think this is just what he says before fights. Um. Do I believe that they're confident in what they're about to do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Mikey is is an extremely skilled boxer. Um, in terms of having fight IQ more than Errol Spence, I think it's different. Um, I, I don't see one being smarter than the other because I think they both adjust extremely well in fights. Um, in fact, in a firefight, I've seen Errol Spence adjust better than I've seen Mikey Garcia. Uh, dude, honestly, because I haven't seen Mikey Garcia in a fight that he's really had to adjust either. At he's never faced in, adversity for real. Exactly. And when you look at somebody like Errol Spence, who's been in there, we talking about with the dog. Look, Kel Brook is nasty. He goes out there. He has good power in both hands. He's fast. He has good feet. And you know what, man? 
Errol Spence, after getting up out of there in what the eighth round, turns around and says, "I should have got him out in the fourth. He was like, no, got, I think I think he got him out of there in, in the tenth. In the tenth, but he even said afterwards, "I could I could have got him out in the fourth. I just he was, couldn't have got him out of there in the fourth. He was getting touched up a little bit early, but I mean that was adversity that he faced. He, he wasn't faced adversity, and that's why I was saying like we're looking at strength of strength of schedule, right? We talked about that a little bit earlier. I think the totality of what's going on these guys they're pumping themselves up these are things they have to tell themselves because they know of the monster that's what they're going in there with they're guys who have always talked about not lifting weights right now they're over here lifting weights these are guys who've been out there saying all this other stuff and now they're going and they're trying to anytime a fighter tries to put on size and they, they're forcing it. I got to put this mask on to keep up. And all this dude is doing is eating his food from the HUB Mart in, in, in Texas. You know what I'm saying? Like, when, when he has that and they understands that, yo, I, I, I think they're trying to convince themselves. And I think that's why Robert Garcia went out there and did his due diligence by talking about that. But if they don't think that they can win, then why go after that fight rather than go after a Javante Davis? Uh, no, here's Loma, the thing. I, I think that part of them believes they can win because they're championship fighters and they've never lost so they obviously i think they've had to see something in his game to they feel as if they can exploit but at the same time i think they're being they're having we're wishful thinking also because i don't know i don't see those same chinks that they've talked about i just don't see mike garcia having the power i mean he's mike not gonna Gar- be able to hurt him yeah, I just don't see him having the power to get Errol Spence out of there. I think he has good power at 135, but even at 135, his power isn't like mind blowing at all. You know, he can get a guy out of there, but he's not like, you know, he's not the Deontay. He's not Javante Davis. He, look, like, Mikey Garcia has a great left hook. He has yeah. a great left hook. And here's the thing: let me ask you this: When have you ever seen Mikey Garcia boxing going backwards? When has he been the guy who's really been able to stay on the outside? Not saying that he can't. Not saying that he can't because he's that good. But I'm gonna be honest with you. If you look at both of their fights, we look at their I look at their last three fights, right? Look at Mikey fight against what Robert Easter, Adrian Broner, and um, that other guy that he had a little bit of trouble with. His last his last fight out, right? He fights these guys. Each one of those fights, he's trying to walk downhill. Good luck walking downhill and changing your stripes when somebody else who is bigger than you. And here's the thing. Mikey Garcia throws a lot of nice combinations. So does Errol Spence. And here's the difference. Errol Spence is throwing a fastball with each one of them. Yeah, he doesn't really take a lot off of his punches. No, and he, and he, and he throws combos like that. He'll throw yeah. six-punch combos. All of them, he's trying to hurt you. And this is another thing. This is the last thing I'm going to go ahead and say about the uh, about this upcoming fight. And this is the biggest reason why I think Mike uh, Errol Spence is going to win. Have you heard about those sparring sessions that he had with Floyd Mayweather? Yeah. Yeah. They said he got Floyd up out of there. My, from what I've heard, I think he. I think the rumor was that he blacked Floyd's eye, and that and was a, at the same time. The, the rumors that came out that he dropped Adrian Bronner in sparring. Yep. All that sparring stuff started leaking around this Conor McGregor shit. I really don't like that. I think boxing and sparring and your training camps should be private. As a fan, I, I love it, but you know, from a, a 
from a preserving the sport type of standpoint, I think some of that stuff does need to be private. Like those are your training camps. Those are your brothers that you're working hard with to prepare for a fight. I think this type of stuff needs to be private. But from what I remember, I heard that Errol Spence uh, may have blacked Mayweather's eye. I did not hear that he got him up out of there. I heard Mayweather say that Mayweather says this about young prospects that have talent. You know, he gave me good work. That's Mayweather's uh, choice of words there. But I don't remember hearing that he got him up out of there. Yo, um, Black Dye got him up out of there. There's a reason why Floyd Mayweather monkey ass is out there calling out. And see, when I say monkey, I'm black people. Please don't come at my damn head, all right? I'm black and Puerto Rican. I can say monkey ass as much as I want. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me preface my statement by saying that. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we, we get kicked off before we even get started. <laughs> yo, you know what I'm saying? Nah, it's all good. Uh, but look, man, there's a reason why he wants to fight MMA fighters and take exhibition fights and not actually fight Errol Spence Jr. If Errol Spence, here's another thing too. If Errol Spence can sit there and put down and black the eye of Floyd Mayweather, who is arguably the greatest defensive fighter of all time, Mikey Garcia is not that. I can, I can get where you're coming from. I'm not really here for the Floyd slander um, about... You know, I, so I love Floyd it. Mayweather. I love but don't Floyd. Make, don't but make I'm, it seem like he like he's avoided anybody. Floyd Mayweather is retired from taking those prize fights. Errol Spence was not um, was not necessarily a relevant name when Floyd was still legitimately active. And if he was, I believe Floyd would Floyd would have fought him at the time. But I, I mean, don't. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. Because here's the thing: he knew at that point in time, he probably sparred him because it was that like. This is a kid. Let me let me give him some work. And then when he once that kid gives you that work, you're like, ooh, okay. I'm about to get up out of here. That's not a guy who I want to fight in two years. I Floyd don't care is- how good Floyd is. He's a, he's a the most brilliant mind in boxing in the in that in that arena. He knows what he can and cannot do. I, I don't care what anybody says. Floyd knows. Are we forgetting this ain't, Floyd? Even, this ain't even slander on Floyd. I love Floyd. Yeah, I, just I, I think hear he doesn't want to go ahead and fight. I mean, you just know when it's your time. I, I hear, I hear what you're saying, but I mean, are we forgetting that Floyd got in there with Canelo Alvarez, a, a, a young Canelo Alvarez that was really looking good? A lot of people thought he could beat Floyd. Twenty-one Floyd years was getting, old. Floyd was getting old. I mean, Floyd has fought a lot of champions. He's always taken on. Um, I won't say he's always taking taking on all of the best because people will say he's handpicked certain fights, which maybe he has, maybe he hasn't. But if Errol Spence was around when Floyd was in his prime, he definitely would have fought him. Floyd was a dog. Like he beat up a lot of people. This morning, I just kind of I, I go back and watch old Floyd fights because you know no one no one brings that magic like Floyd used to bring that that magic that attention to a fight. I mean, he was a brilliant promoter. Um, probably why he had a short career in the WWE, but. <laughs> Um, I watched that uh, Shane Mosley fight because it's, it was beautiful incredible. to watch. It was beautiful fight. to watch Floyd come back from that adversity that he faced, getting clearly hurt and staggered in the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, when you take a look at at Floyd's history and everything that he's done, I just don't see him. If Errol Spence was around, I don't see him avoiding that fight. He would have fought Errol Spence and he would have won. Floyd always finds a way to win. Look. I'm not here to, to, to slander Floyd, so I'm just going to leave this one alone. Just because, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Between you and I, if both of them fight at that point in time, in their prime, in their prime, 
Actually, I can't even say in their prime because I don't believe Spoils we've prime seen, was at one thirty five. And I and I don't believe we've actually even seen Errol Spence in his prime. I agree. So, so I don't think that we could even make that argument, unfortunately. But I think it would have been fun at a point in time. I think it would have been fun. I think we're getting robbed of Errol Spence's prime just due to promotional uh, promotional stuff. I remember when Errol Sp- Spence really first started getting on. This was probably the fight before Kell Brook. He was like, I want to fight three times a year. I want to fight often. We saw we saw him get in there against um, who was who was the guy he fought in Otto Campo, the guy before him. We were just talking about Lamont Peterson. Lamont Peterson. He fought Lamont Peterson, gets him out of there in what five or six, something yeah, like six, that. I think. Then, then six months later, he goes like one round against against Ocampo, and we haven't seen him since. Like he's starting to suffer from this inactivity bug as well. I hate boxers and their inactivity, and I know Errol yeah. Spence as a fighter, he wants, he to, wants fight. to fight more. Yeah. The promotion is holding him back, and I don't like that because I think inactivity hurts a fighter yeah i agree no 100 i think fighters don't get better unless they're actually fighting so um you, we'll see what ends up happening with that but um i think that fight with errol, errol spence and uh and mikey's gonna be a good one all right so real quick we're gonna have some rapid fire stuff i want to talk about some things we only got a couple minutes left um but Let's do it i want to get your thoughts really quick we have um i didn't want to talk about this fight because anybody who is up for uh, or is being accused of domestic violence in the way that this man is accused of it, literally walking up and punching the lady in the face, I, I, I'm not there for. So, Sergey Kovalev, and I hate that his name is so close to mine. Sergey Kovalev is uh, is going out there and is going to try to redeem himself against uh, what is this? Elder, um, what's his name? I can't. Uh, um, Elder Alvarez. Elder Alvarez. Elder Alvarez. I, I could KO'd be wrong. him. Now, yeah, that's his name. I just couldn't. I, I'll keep on wanting to call him Elder. <laughs> so uh, it, it looks like it, rightfully so. So he went out there and Elder blasted Kovalev. It was an entertaining fight while it lasted, but he knocked him out something serious. The rematch is happening this weekend. Who you got? What round does it happen? How does it happen? I have Elder Alvarez by knockout again. <laughs> um, when the, after seeing the first fight, um, I could not wait for the rematch. Uh, the first fight happened. Elder Alvarez comes out and is landing some nice shots early in the fight, uh, really exposing Kovalev, really showing Kovalev that he's the better boxer. Right. Kovalev starts to co- starts to come on and really takes over the fight. He was winning the fight at the time of the stoppage, and really out of nowhere, Elder Alvarez landed that landed that right that was the beginning of the end for Alvarez. I could not wait could not wait for this rematch. I was I initially when the fight ended, I thought Kovalev was going to win the rematch because I felt like he was going to get be very hungry for his belt. Now, I, I, Kovalev has a new trainer, but he's always been kind of awkward with these trainers, never has had a really good relationship uh, with a lot of them. So he has a new trainer that he's working with. I was going maybe a month ago, I would have given Kovalev a lot more of a chance. But since these allegations came out, is too much of a strategy. Uh, of a distraction for a fight of this magnitude and a, a dog that's coming in um, in Alvarez, very, very, very focused. He does not want to leave any doubt in anyone's mind that he is the better fighter. And I think the fact that he was down on the cards in the in the first fight may have left that doubt in some people's mind. Mm-hmm. But um, and, and Kovalev hit him with a barrage of punches. I'm like, you know, is he going to get him out of there? But Alida Alvarez is huge. Yeah, huge. He is huge. I mean, he, he could definitely fight at a higher a higher weight class. Yeah, I'm surprised he doesn't. <laughs> he, he, he comes in he ripped, shredded, like yo, but. 
Buddy's Diesel. He comes in super big. Uh, he got the funky pineapple haircut, and he goes out there and, and absolutely did work. It was a great fight. Um, I actually have um, Alvarez winning this fight. Um, I, I'm going with the six-round KO. Uh, I'll go. I'll, I'll, I want to say eight, but I'll go seven. <laughs> Uh, I think that was the first, that was the round that happened in the first fight, and I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it happens around there again. That being said, Alita Alvarez is not known for having a lot of power. I think I mentioned the last time we spoke that something had happened to his hand when he was younger. A lot of punchers, right. a lot of boxers punch, punch what I think uh, three or four knuckles, where he has to he changed the way he punches. He actually punches with two knuckles, mm-hmm. um, so he's not known for his power. He just landed the perfect shot in that first fight. If the perfect shot does not exist there for him, and Kovalev continues to come on come on strong, or if he has an opportunity opportunity to come on strong how long is he going to stand up against Kovalev's shots and Kovalev does have proven punching power um over time but you know Kovalev has a, a lot of holes and once that bully starts to get bullied and faces real adversity mm-hmm. we, we, and, we see what happens and, and that's the last thing I like I, I say about that fight this is because uh, I'm with you look at the, what happened with him and Andre Ward the moment that somebody actually stood up to him and realized oh I'm not gonna let you bully me I'm gonna sit there and stand in your face and anything that you give me I'm gonna dish back he breaks and he folds and after watching that first fight with Ward he broke the second time I see the exact same thing happening this time around man um Brandon you always, pick the, you always you... pick the boxer the second time around yeah hey, I mean yeah absolutely absolutely man um anything else you want to talk about boxing wise uh this week man uh, I think I am all out. Um, I think February 9th, we have some interesting matchups coming up. Uh, obviously, we have the Trevante Davis, but we also yeah. have uh, the return of Erickson Lube. Eric Erickson Lubin. Lubin. Yep. Erickson Lubin. Yep. Okay. We have the return of Erickson Lubin. I'm still curious about him. I, I think he fought Charlo too early and obviously had that first round knockout. And they've been really slow bringing him back. I think he's only had one fight, which did mm-hmm. end, uh, end, end via TKO. But I'm interested to see what's, go- what's going on there. But it's a great time to be a boxing fan. That's what really, it is, really man. Good, good time to be a boxing fan. But uh, no, that's all for me. Thank you so, so much for having me back again. And uh, I hope we can do it again. Absolutely, man. We'll check it out, man. Th- again, thank you for coming on um i appreciate our our boxing talks and like i said man this is something that if you're down i would love to have you on consistently doing this man because again it forces me to really break down boxing um and 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 i appreciate it because again where this is a combat sports show the fight podcast is is all about all fights you know boxing uh you know grappling mma kickboxing and i want to be able to really give them all their their due diligence so thank you man for coming on and uh and and doing that for us um i actually will have you come like i said if you're open to it i want you to help me break down those fights with javante davis um and erickson lubin coming up uh on the ninth so we'll go ahead and do that man but um with that being said man any parting shots for us for the for the for the fight podcast listeners oh no i'll be back next week so yes sir uh, I'll get, we'll get to it then all right man all right we'll be man i appreciate your time yo everybody this is episode 70 what is it 73 yeah, 73. 73 of the P- Fight Podcast. Uh, Brandon Camille, thank you as always, my dude. We'll catch you next time, man. Be good. All right, brother. Peace out. All right. Welcome back to the Fight Podcast. Um, Yo, that's about all the time we have for today. I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation with Brandon. Um, Look, man, boxing is 
doing better than honestly it has in years. This is a great time to be a boxing fan. There are so many storylines and so much going on um, day to day. So we're going to go ahead and bring you as much boxing talk um, as we possibly can. And look, man, like I said, uh, Brandon and I have been talking and um, it seems like a lot of people like this. So we're going to try to do this honestly as as regularly as we can, man. So salute to Brandon. And um, with that being said, look, This is episode 73. I'm Serge Vicente. Thank you all so much for joining me on this episode today. Um, Remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT, 20% off. Uh, Follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast. And follow the show at, and should I say follow me, at Serge Vicente. Vicente. Um, thank you guys once again for, for, for uh, listening. Subscribe, listen, rate, and share. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else, man. Um, this is Serge Vicente, episode 73. This is the Fight Podcast. Peace out.